Why is it we humans get romanced by complexity when the answers can be found at a simple and practical level? This is the Simply Practically Human podcast, where the human manager, Mark Labasque, features experts who have a track record in humanizing workplaces, using simplicity and practicality as their go-to approach. It's all about getting back to what it is to be human and watch workplaces thrive rather than just survive. Hey, it's Mark here, and I'm delighted to bring you today the amazing Jessica Dubois, who is the Employee Benefits Consultant with a passion for people. And in this episode today, Jessica was amazing. She spoke about some uh, things that really resonated with me and I'm sure will resonate with you. The simple is hard to do is something that Jessica talked about. She talked about the whole idea of how well-being is going past being something that's about compliance and it's something that's more about being human. And her three simple and practical tips, very much around human-centred learning, which is about building community in the workplace, giving people a really, really strong sense of how they make an impact and why it's important and very human for organisations to become more transparent. So I hope you enjoy episode four of Simply Practically Human. Hey there, it's Mark Labuski for the Simply Practically Human podcast, and I'm delighted today to be joined by employee benefits consultant all the way from Washington, D.C., Jessica Dubois. Jessica, great to have you on board. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Hey, listen, before we get into the, the whole idea of the simple and practical things, I always love to share this story about how we actually connected. So um, you're the guest here today. Let's let you go first and talk about how we've come to build this connection we have over the last 10 months. Yeah, I love the story of how we got introduced to each other. So I had seen an event on LinkedIn that Mike Mentati was putting on, which he actually was on your podcast a few episodes ago. And he was putting on a Humans First event. And the, the topic I really loved, but also the speakers that were there. And I reached out to him and said, hey, I'm looking to come to New York City for this event. And this is what I'm looking to get out of it. Do you think this would be a good fit for me? And he reached out immediately and said, we'd love to have you. You caught wind of that and invited me to the humans a manager experience in New York City. That was two days. And those three days made such an impact on me, as well as what I was able to bring back to my organization, uh, my workplace, and me personally, that I brought you to DC in March. And so you came here and we, we had uh, over 100 HR executives, C-level people in here just talking about humanizing the workplace. Yeah, look, I really enjoyed that. And all the way from, I remember um, at the human manager experience when you sort of turned up a little bit late, you'd had a bit of a, uh, a few issues with Airbnb and some other things. And, you know, you came into the room and I got a sense straight away that this was something you wanted to be at and the way you got involved. And then the follow-up is amazing because I know you have a real passion for people and the fact that your organisation and particularly the way you drove that event to get your clients along to hear a, an, another view on how to humanise workplaces gave me the real drive again to get you onto this episode of this podcast because I know that you know you understand the simplicity and the practicality of things we can do to make workplaces more human. Before we get into that though, Jessica, um, let's hear a little bit more about you. I'm, I know a bit about your backstory and I'm fascinated by it, but I'm sure my listeners as well would love to know a little bit more about how it all started for you. Yes. So I'm originally from 
Iowa, beautiful state of Iowa in, in the Midwest, which a lot of people know as the flyover states. And that's where my family still is today. But growing up there, you appreciate things much more now than what you do when you're in the situation. And I reached out to my mother and my sisters recently and asked them, what was I like as a child or raising me or, or growing up with me? And each one of them said individually that I was extremely independent, determined, always knew the next step. And my mother even told me that by the age of five, and I actually remember this, was that I had a wish board of things planned out, of my wedding, of what my house was going to look like, uh, what my career was going to look like. And I've always been like that of pinpointing what success looks like for me and how to get there. While I was in college, I took this position that I was going to be in a training program and move into the empl an employee benefits industry, which is the industry I'm in now today. But I chose it for all the wrong reasons. I had seen a male-dominated industry that I thought I could break into and stand out. I saw people wearing $1,000 suits and the fancy cars. And I thought, that's success. That's, I've never seen that before from where I'm from. But when I got into the industry, I saw something completely different. I saw an opportunity and the ability to almost create my own wishboard of kind of how I wanted to design the impact that I was going to be able to create for workplaces in, in the employee benefits industry, because we have the ability to focus on the well-being of employees. And I feel like I've taken that and ran with it ever since. Yeah, fantastic. Look, I um, yeah, and you've only been in the industry for how long now? Four years. Yeah, four years. And I know myself from being over there with that event that you ran and, and the, um, the respect that you've been able to build for yourself through the people who were there. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that you, you, know, you, you have this sort of second tagline, which is about, I'm an employee benefits consultant with a passion for people. And that's really, really evident. And I'm, I'm also curious, as my listeners will be too here, Jessica, to, to hear a little bit more about that. Why the passion for people? What's been the driver for that for you? I think it's been the forgotten part of what we do. The industry that I'm in, when it comes to employee benefits, has been benchmarked. That's the historical view of it, is what can we do for the bare minimum, the standard of offering benefits to our employees? And it benefits to me is ecosystem of improving the emotional, physical, and mental well-being of your employees. And that's making sure the technology that faces the employees on a daily basis you know, talks to the health plan, which talks to the mental health plan, which talks to uh, the PTO and paternity, or paternity and maternity leave. It's making sure that your benefits program is representation of the values of your organization. And to me, I want to I bring the people aspect to it because we've so long been focused of let's just offer these benefits because the person next door to us is doing that. But why not actually focus on what your employees need or need to show up every day to be. And, and that's what I get from you as well, Mark, is, you know, maybe if you have a demographic that is suffering from student loans or that is struggling in some certain area when it comes to mental health, okay, so how can we tailor a benefit that helps them show up to work better? Jessica, let's talk about this whole concept of well-being. And, and one of the things that I'm seeing a shift in is, and, and I think you, you sort of alluded to it just before, 
moving from it being a compliance-based activity, so we have to do this, we've got to tick a box to make sure that we are complying to what the standards are, to something that's now more about providing a real benefit for the humans in our organisation. With the good organisations, the ones that are really embracing this as something more than compliance, what are you seeing that's different about those organisations to the usual ticker box types? I think they're winning. In such a competitive environment for talent, you can no longer win because you're going to pay someone $10,000 more a year. You have to offer something else. And I don't even think this is a a generational difference. I think this is among all ages of employees wanting a purpose and they want someone that cares and then the ability to create an impact. And so you have to show them that you're listening to them, they're important, and you have to take care of them. I mean, that's really the difference out of compliance is you're no longer just a workplace of somewhere where an employee goes for eight hours a day. That's no longer the case. A couple of big things that came out of that, and I think the listeners would like to know more about, and we'll move now into this idea of the simple and practical tips and tools that you have come across yourself that in the space of well-being, will set organisations apart. You've obviously seen a lot of these things. So taking care of people and making them feel important were two of the words that I heard you talk about then. I would love you to share with our listeners what would be three things that they could be doing in this space to make people feel important and to take care of them that you'd recommend? Yeah, the interesting thing is I'm not even going to name benefit items, the typical healthcare or core benefits that you see in the United States. Instead, I think it's the three things that you can offer employees. One is a sense of community. So we talk a lot about culture, but I think what's really makes up culture is employees feeling like they have a community within the workplace. So whether that's the group of people that are on the LGBTQ community or they're helping out with a charity within their workplace that they're passionate about. Or maybe it's a team of employees where you're on a project and you're all very passionate. Like it's making sure you're developing those communities and encouraging them in the workplace. And you can do that through a Slack channel, through maybe doing a survey in the workplace, a focus group, just go around and talk to the employees. And I think you can find out some ways that you can easily set up and encourage those communities. But number two, is showing employees how they make an impact in the organization. And this is something I've even developed more since I went to your workshop, to be honest. And that's just telling employees, this is where you fit into the process to our institution and how we can grow this company. Whether it's someone that is doing an administrative task in the beginning that to them seems so small, but you couldn't get to the end product without that person. And so even if there's a win. Like for us, if we bring on a new client, it's going to that first person and saying, hey, thank you because you did your job. We were able to bring on this new client. It's sharing the wins with them so that they feel important. The last one is certainly transparency. So that's showing employees what's going on in the organization. So they feel like they are important. And that's maybe you have to cut back on certain perks or benefits in the workplace because the organization didn't do well this year. I think that that's a discussion you can share with employees. Or maybe you've got goals for the next five years. I think that's also important because employees want to feel like they're part of the organization. 
And so always being transparent on making sure that the employees are seeing ahead, seeing the future of the organization makes them feel comfortable and that they're part, that they're important. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. So I heard, you know, community, this whole idea of making people feel like they're part of a community. And as we know, you know, human beings are tribal and they want to feel like they're part of something. That second one about the impact, you know, you talked about the program, the, the words that come to mind there are the relevance and contribution. How does that person know that as an individual in that organisation, that little task they're doing that they might think is little is actually a way that helps this organisation to thrive. And then the third one around making sure that your people know what's going on and not second-guessing the message or the direction because, as we also know, that when humans can't make sense of what's going on, they actually start to think that it's bad. So, um, you know, again, these things are so simple and so practical. Uh, Let me ask you this question now, and you may see this uh, in your travels around in your your business uh, and even outside of business. Why is it that humans seem to be so romanced by getting involved in complexity and, you know, the next big thing or the next innovation? What's your thoughts on why people are stepping away from simple and practical and going to complex? I think the simple things are the hard things to do. It is easier to focus on a complex problem and to focus on the process and spend weeks on that rather than telling someone thank you or I'm sorry. And being vulnerable, it's difficult. It's difficult to send an email or you know, a phone call and say, hey, I'm, I screwed up on this or Hey, I'm checking in. I know you had that appointment last week and I I want to see what's going on. Like those are the difficult things to do. And I think we spend too much time focused on the processes. I love, I just picked this up. Simple is hard to do. So you've given some great examples there. I'd love you maybe if you can extend a bit more on your thoughts. I think the listeners would love to hear a bit more about this. You talked about vulnerability, maybe a bit more about, about what you see there. I mean, one example in our workplace at BBG, and you got to experience this a little bit, but there was a time where you were actually in my office and I had a lot of things to do to get ready for this seminar that we were hosting. And I think you could tell I was a little bit flustered and I wasn't going to, the difficult thing to do was to tell someone I needed help. And I didn't do those things. But my team like, knew that I was putting forth a lot of effort and I, I think five or six of them came in and grabbed all of the stuff and went and did it. And like, that was the hard thing for them to do. Like they could have stayed in their offices and continued doing their work, but they you know, took the hard step in a place that I couldn't. Another example would be something like recognition around the workplace. I think it's easy to be jealous of someone else or someone else's accomplishments. And I like to even say, you know, it's easier to be jealous of a princess almost instead of telling her when her crown is broken and and fixing it. Like that's the difficult thing to do. And I think of for us is, is we do these weekly newsletters where in those newsletters, it goes out to all of our team members and we put in recognition of for each other. And so like this week I put in recognition for a couple of my team members who handled a really complex issue for me. And I just said a shout out and announced it, you know, in front of the entire organization, like without you, I couldn't have moved forward. And that was the hard thing to do 
the easy thing would have been, you know, hey, it's part of their job. And like, let's, you know, focus on, on the processes that we can do within that. Uh, thanks for sharing that. You know, again, back to the simple things, the simple thank yous, the simple, could you help me? I'm struggling a bit. Um, the simple recognition, all of those things. And, and I, you know, I haven't heard, ever heard that before, Jessica. The simple is hard to do. And I think that's something that I really want the listeners to reflect upon on themselves when they are struggling a bit. The simple thing would be to ask for some help. And rather than diving deeper into the problem and the complexity, is just put your hand up and, and call out. And, you know, I do remember that moment in your office over there in DC. And I know I made comment at the um, seminar of that you can get a feel for a place when you walk into it about how human it is. And, and BBG is a very human place because people are looking out for each other. And I guess when you're working in the space of well-being and benefits, it's important that organisations also walk their talk. So it's terrific. Hey, um, I know you are an amazing employee benefits consultant, but you've got a few more strings to your bow, my friend, that uh, I would love our listeners to know about. I know you've spoken at some conferences. You are getting involved more and more on the speaking circuit and also uh, the Humans First Club with Mike Ficanti, as you mentioned before. Outside of the BBG benefits group, where else can our listeners find you? What websites or whatever you got? What could you share? I'm extremely active on LinkedIn. So you can find me at Jess Dubois on LinkedIn, as well as Instagram, Jessica Dubois BBG. And then I have my own website, which is jessicadubois.co. Find me on all those areas. I am speaking at the Humans First, which if you're in DC, please come to it. It's July 16th and we'd love to have you. Fantastic. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to encourage my listeners to look out for you because I think you're a rising star, Jess, from our first meeting last year in uh, in New York City to follow your progress and what you're doing and the way that you are, I think, in a very, very positive way, disrupting an, an industry and making it more human in something that's been quite transactional is quite inspirational to see. So thank you very much for joining me on this episode of Simply Practically Human. And um I uh, look forward to catching up with you again when I get back over your way. Thanks, Jess. Thank you so much, Mark. Hey, it's Mark here again. Thanks for listening to this episode of Simply Practically Human. And if you liked it, why not rate it five stars? And if you loved it, share it with your friends. I'm really looking forward to the next episode of Simply Practically Human when I'm bringing the amazing Crystal Kadakia. And she is US-based and someone who is passionate about getting people to understand millennials and the millennials... Uh, human beings as well. So until then, keep it simple, keep it practical, and be human. Bye for now.